horror guys and gals and welcome back to the we love horror podcast the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror i'm michael and today i am joined by my good friend finn from movies to drink to what's up buddy hello how are you i'm good a little nervous but i'm good oh don't be nervous it's fine i always get nervous though like anytime i do like a recording i always get nervous beforehand and then once i get into it like once i get comfortable and kind of get into it i'm fine but I always have nerves at the beginning. <laughs> well, usually it's only my own podcast. I might fuck up, but now I've got somebody else's. Oh, no, so. you're good. You just sit back and relax today, buddy. This is, this is all me. So <laughs> okay. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today though. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This has been a, this has been a long time in the making. I think we've been talking since gosh. It was last year. I yeah. It was that. the end. I think it was like the end of, uh, like the middle of November, beginning of December, I believe, maybe so like five months ago. <laughs> it's been, yeah, yeah. It's been, been a minute. A yeah. So we've been we've been planning this for a while. Um, I'm really excited. So before we get started, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you? Um, what your podcast is about? Kind of do some shameless plug in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Our podcast is called Movies to Drink To. Uh, it used to be known as The Horror Tap until recently, but we changed it. And uh, yeah, we talk about horror films, sci-fi, action, just like cult movies, B-movies, kind of that, that, that wheelhouse. So yeah, if you want to listen to three guys make fun of ridiculous films, give a listen. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and some other ones, but I'm not sure. It's on others. I, I can't keep track of what it's on and what it isn't. <laughs> but those are the main three. It's, it's definitely on those. Very nice. And uh, you can find us there. We're on Instagram and obviously all that stuff. Very nice. Very good. Good job, Finn. That was good. That was solid. I wrote it. I wrote that down. Because <laughs> I knew I'd fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did great. You did awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm lucky if I can even freaking plug my sh- uh, podcast without messing up a sentence or two. You well, know? I wrote that down, but I still kind of fucked that up because it's not i didn't say that the way it's written down so <laughs> lucky i did write something down otherwise i'd be like no i thought you sounded great so um but uh have you been watching anything good lately like the last no. uh, week or so uh no we recently did the batman movie from 1966 and before that street fire and mortal Kombat. so no i've not seen anything good in a while <laughs> yeah i uh this week i haven't really had much time to watch anything which is surprising um I did start watching, oh shoot, I forget what it's called, but it's a show on Netflix that just barely uh, aired not too long ago. It has Katherine Heigl in it and another girl, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's a pretty good show. I started watching it. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. Um, nothing horror related except for the movie that we're talking about today. So, <laughs> and uh, then, Yeah, same. Yeah, and even then this movie, I don't know, I was watching it today and I was like, I don't know if I would consider this a horror movie. Like it's called Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, uh, uh it's it's very borderline. <laughs> but uh no, I'm very excited to talk about this movie because uh, before we started recording, I was telling you how um this is going to be the first episode where I do like a horror musical themed episode for a movie. So, very excited about it. Um you picked uh Repo for yours. And I picked, yes, I, I picked this one and we put them head to head last week and uh, or this week, I guess. And people voted for Little Shop. Of Horror. But 
I will say though, it was very, very tied up for a long time. I was not sure which one was going to win because for, I think like the first little while it was like neck and neck, like it was 50, 50, 50. <laughs> and then yeah, I, think- I was going to be happy with whichever one won. I, I didn't mind. Yeah. Well, and then I ended up watching, um, I was telling you this before too. I ended up watching both films actually yeah. just because I wanted to, um, even though, uh, repo didn't win i still wanted to watch it because it came highly recommended from you and like other people so i was like i need to watch this movie so i watched both i don't know oh <laughs> i don't know if i i overachieved there but i uh i i kind of wanted to watch both just to see what they're all both about because i've seen little shop of horrors m- maybe two or three times in my life i've never i haven't seen it very much and gosh i watched it yesterday and it was the first time i'd seen it in probably five years so I'd never seen it. Really? So this was your first watch? Yeah. Yesterday was the first time I ever saw this film. And I've still not seen Repo. That's why, like, either one, whichever one, you know, uh, we were going to talk about, I didn't mind. Because, like, I've heard good things about both, and I haven't seen either of them. Um, Obviously, I've known what Little Shop of Horrors was since I was a kid. For some reason, never saw it. Repo was, like, a year ago, we had somebody message us saying, like, you should cover Repo on your podcast. And we put a post about it and got like quite a few messages uh, from people saying like, oh, yeah, that's great. You should definitely watch that film. And uh, we didn't. Um, It just kind of (laughs) went on the, yeah, we'll do that later pile. Yeah. And I honestly forgot about it. But it seems to, I say I'd never even heard of it until like a year ago. But Repo seems to have a bit of a cult following. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. uh, Um. I was actually kind of surprised with how many people had seen repo. Like I didn't, I didn't even hear of repo until you had suggested it. Like, I remember when we talked about this uh, idea to do like a musical horror themed episode and you're like, have you seen repo? And I'm like, no, I have never even heard about this movie. Like it it kind of slipped under the radar for me. Um, But it seemed like a lot of people know about it. Like so many people I was talking to were like, yeah, this is so good. You got to watch it. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) never heard of it, but cool. Yeah. I was going to ask, um, do you actually like musicals? I do. So um, I don't want to get too much into a soapbox about that. But my brother, yeah. <laughs> my brother, um, we used to go to high school at like a performing arts school. Uh, it's called Tulacan. Uh, and um, it's in St. George, Utah. And it's like one of those really big um, places where people like Broadway people come to this place to perform during the summer. Like they do shows. They do like um, Wicked. The Little Mermaid, like stuff like that. And so um, in the summer of 2013, my brother was working as like a stage crew person, like he was backstage and stuff. And so um, like we got free tickets to the show like all the time. I think we <laughs> think we went to to a con like all summer, pretty much every weekend that they were doing a show. We went there um, and uh, yeah, I just I fell in love with it. Like I already liked musicals before because I had seen like Hairspray and you know, Greece yeah. and stuff like that. And West Side Story, all those, all the classic ones. I'd seen all those before, but there's something different from watching a watching a musical on film and, and seeing it like in person, like for yourself. It's just really cool. So like the experience of that was really fun. But yeah, what about you? No, not really. I don't want to suggest a bit. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, <laughs> not super, not super into the whole musical thing? I like a few and that's about it. Like I like Greece, um, Jersey Boys, but the stage show Jersey Boys, not the film. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's pretty much it. Oh, I guess is Nightmare for Christmas technically a musical? Mm, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would that. consider it. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, no, I hate Sweeney Todd and like Les Mis and Cats and all that <laughs> stuff. So there's like a few that I like, but generally, no. Okay. I used to, um, I used to live with a guy that was in the touring cast of The Lion King, and so. We got like free tickets. He was the uh, what's the lion's dad called that dies in the beginning? Uh, Mustafa, Mustafa, something uh, like that. Mufasa. Mufasa. Yeah. He played Mufasa. So nice. we got to go to the show. He had the easiest job in the world. He'd go on stage, be there for like ten minutes, die, and then go sit backstage and just watch films. Then come out of the end, take a bow, and that was it. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, I have to sit through this entire thing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm really I'm really excited that you're here. I'm really happy uh, to get into this. So, before we get into the movie discussion, would you like to get into the five question lightning round horror edition? Yes. Uh, All right. You who goes first? You or me? Uh, well, since you are the guest today, I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. Uh, question one, who would you rather fight? A werewolf, a vampire, a zombie, or a ghost? Ooh, well, definitely not a ghost because ghosts. No, because <laughs> no, I feel like you can't really, it's really hard to defeat ghosts. Uh, zombie... Unless you're a ghostbuster. Yeah, I think probably a zombie would be the easiest one to kill. So I'd probably kill a zombie just because one shot to the head and they're done. Unless yeah. they're you know, the, the genetically uh, enhanced zombies from Zombieland 2, then, you know, maybe a few <laughs> a few more shots will have to do. But yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with zombies be, just because I feel like they're the easiest to, hopefully the easiest. I, I would hope they're the easiest, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> There's like those running ones from 28 Days Later. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't fuck I with the room. I don't fuck with the I, running ones. <laughs> I think I just shoot myself in that situation. Like, fuck this. Yeah, I would literally fall to the ground in the fetal position and just be like, just eat me. It's fine. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to run from you. It's scary. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, so my question for you, Finn, is uh, if you had to make any hor- if you wanted to turn any horror movie into a musical, what horror movie would you turn into a musical? I already know the answer because that's one of my questions for you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, two great minds think alike. So apparently, so uh, I went with the Lost Boys. Ooh, okay, that would be cool. And it'd be all like eighty cheesy eighties music. I mean, there's a lot of eighties music in that film anyway. But, yeah. Um, like eighties kind of eighties rock and eighties like synth pop written to the story of that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's, or something like something really trashy like um, <laughs> Brain Dead or like. Return of the Living Dead or, or Reanimator. Yeah, def- I definitely want to be something 80s with lots of 80s music. Yeah, that would be cool. 80- 80s is the best. It literally is. It's the best decade ever. No question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this one. Whose house would you rather live in? Now, keep in mind the location of these houses. Okay. Okay. Laurie Strode's from Halloween which technically is in Pasadena, but for the sake of this, we'll say it's in Illinois, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Stu's house from Scream, which is somewhere in California, 
uh, Nancy's house from Nightmare on Elm Street, which is in Iowa. No, it's not. It's in Ohio, sorry. <laughs> or the Overlook Hotel, which is in Colorado in the mountains. Mm. You don't have to deal with any of like the murderers. You just have to live in that house, in that location. Oh, okay. Um, holy crap. I would love to live in the the uh, the Overlook Hotel. That would be so freaking cool. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't have to deal with ghosts and all the, you know, an axe-wielding maniac, of course I would stay there. I would love to stay there. Like have See, this I... big old beautiful hotel to myself. Hell yeah. <laughs> but bear in mind, it's going to be freezing cold. Not in the hotel, though. That's true. <laughs> I and it's only I... freezing for the winter. Or are we talking about like it's always <laughs> or is it always snowing there? Because if that if that's the case, I could not live there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I like the Overlook Hotel. But one, it's a bit too big and it's a bit too far away from everything. I want to yeah. be able to go to the shops without a five hour drive in a snowmobile. Very true. Yeah, but you do. You do make a very good point with that. Um, damn. Yeah, I, I was either... going to say Matt, Nancy's house from Nightmare on Elm Street, but. It's in Ohio. I don't know anything about Ohio, but apparently it's quite boring. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I would have to ask the uh, horror movie crew about that because they all live in Ohio. So <laughs> I'll ask is them what the big, they... Do is that I... the big one in the middle? I think so, yeah. One of them? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm... Ex- uh, I don't know. I think I would want... I'd also want to live in Laurie Strode's house too. If I had to choose between those two it'd be either the overlooker or laurie strode's house because yeah that'd be kind of cool yeah if i could just take nancy's house and put it somewhere else then that'd be that's like aesthetically that's like my favorite of the those ones yeah um and that one's in california too (laughs) nancy's house is in real life i mean in real life yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, which is funny yeah i couldn't live in california though it's too hot i just complain all the time Oh, I would love to live in California. That would be the best. I'm like we get like three months maybe of summer here, and for three months it's horrible. I just moan all the time, and British people <laughs> just can't handle it. They step outside and start sweating, and they're just on the floor like, "Oh fuck, I can't do it." <laughs> and and then it starts raining, and we're happy again. <laughs> starts raining and snowing, and you're like, "Woo, oh, winter really is back." <laughs> oh, just rain, just rain, like. At times when it gets like, uh, say, like over there in Utah, it gets really cold and then it snows. Yeah. Over here, it gets really cold and then it just rains more. Mm, gotcha. And it's, makes... Yeah, it's it's tough. It's hard living on an island. <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would love to live in California. It's just so expensive there. That's the only thing. California is freaking expensive as hell. So. <laughs> Couldn't couldn't live in California now, at least. I mean, maybe when I get older and save more money, but yeah. Um, so question number two for you, Finn. And uh, as I prefaced before in all my episodes, some of these questions I'm just going to recycle just for the sake of everybody has different answers for everything. So for this question, um, if you were trapped on a desert island, and you could only take five horror movies with you for the rest of your life to watch. Which ones would you choose? Um, am I watching them alone? Um, I mean, you can watch them alone. You can have, you know, you can have people there, I guess. A lizard, <laughs> a lizard to watch it with me. <laughs> um, 
Five horror films. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Okay. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully you didn't say the remake. Hopefully you don't say the remake. <laughs> Dear God, no. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, Christ, that's only two. I got to think of three more. <laughs> this is... Um, yeah, I like asking this question because it gets people like really thinking about what movies because they're like, I don't know, there's so many. Yeah, uh, go Return of the Living Dead to something ridiculous. It's a good choice. Um, the Witch. Ooh, which I watched. I'd watch once and then not watch it again for like five years. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm stuck on this island a long time. Yeah. And um, how many is that? Four? Yeah. Fifth. Uh, oh, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, most of my favorite horror films I've seen a lot anyway. Yeah. So maybe I should pick something I haven't seen that much. Um, I'm trying to think of a horror film on a desert island, but that might not be such a good idea. Um, this is hard. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We did a top 10 horror films thing on the podcast recently. I have a complete blank. I go with Interview with a Vampire. Ooh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. You're the first person to list those ones, so that's good. That's awesome. I, that's why I like that question. Well, that's why I like that question, because everybody has different answers for, you know, what movies they would choose. So I like I like to ask yeah. that question just because it's fun to know, like, what people would consider their, I guess, their top five favorite horror movies if they had to be in a situation where they could only watch those ones for the rest of their lives, you know? So, but... Uh, yeah, it, yeah. if I could only watch, like, yeah, Interview the Vampire would definitely make that list. So that's a, that's a good movie. I just yeah. recently watched it, actually, for the first time ever, because I'd never seen it oh, wow. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. So it was good. It was, I enjoyed it. But, uh, um, what's your question number three, Finn? My question number three is, which one is it? Um, what classic non-horror film would you like to see remade as a horror? <laughs> um, well, I always go back to Mean Girls because I just feel like that would be such a fun <laughs> movie. Like, like Mean Girls, you give you give you put a little Jennifer's body in there, you know, like maybe Regina George is like possessed or something, and the plastics have to band together and find a way to to stop her or something because she's going around killing everybody at school. I don't fucking know. Like, well, I just the, the burn fun. book is like literally a book that you put the name in it and then they catch, they like spontaneously combust. They're like witches or something. Exactly. Yes. It's like an incantation oh. type of book. You take the burn book and you turn it into the book from Evil Dead, basically. <laughs> I Actually, yeah. Well, after that question, I thought Mean Girls as well. Mm -hmm. Just because yeah. like, just because sometimes like, the scenes in that movie sometimes play off not as like a horror movie exactly but like if you were to change the tone of certain scenes and like if you edited it right it could be a horror movie <laughs> yeah yeah i put um hook oh okay the the robin because, williams one right that's the one with robin yeah because that film actually starts out really dark yeah, it does. The, the, the scene where the, the children are kidnapped and the woman, the nannies, they're like, the children were screaming. <laughs> and, and the music, and it's, it's really dark and quite creepy. And then it just goes fucking stupid. But 
if they <laughs> stuck with that like darkness from the beginning and carried it all the way through, that would actually make a really dark, sinister film, I think. Oh, I agree. I, de- I, I definitely agree. Um, question number three, and this is uh, this is more so like just a podcast question. Um, okay. What got you? What got you originally into podcasting? Like, what what ha- what was the catalyst for you wanting to start your own podcast? Um, I lost my job and had nothing to do. Oh, that's- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, actually, it was I, yeah, it was a time where I was unemployed, so I had a lot of spare time. And a friend of mine came up to me and he was talking about starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I had worked on a podcast with a couple of friends like a few years before that never really worked out. But he said, I'm thinking of starting a podcast, but I don't know anything about podcasting. Yeah. I said, well, I I know a little bit. I don't know how to make an amazing podcast, but I know how to like not make a shit one (laughs) uh, from all the mistakes that I learned. And so he kind of was like, oh, okay, um, maybe we'll do something. And then that never happened. Yeah. He just kind of didn't do it. And then I was kind of sat there, obviously, with not much to do. I was like, I kind of want to do a podcast now. It, it, it's stuck in my head, there's that, that idea of it and sort of working on one. Um, so I just started my own. Very nice. Yeah. I- <laughs> and, and obviously horror was kind of what I liked the most and I knew a lot about. So I was like, yeah, I think I could do this. The funny thing is, that guy that never started the podcast uh-huh. is Mr. Smith, and he's now on my podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. It was funny. all his idea that he never sort of followed through with, and then I just kind of took that idea and ran with it, and now he has to sit here and listen to me berate him. It's great. <laughs> it's funny how things work out, huh? yeah (laughs) also i want to apologize for my reaction when you first said that when you're like i lost my job and i had nothing but better to do or i had nothing else to do and i was like i just wasn't expecting that answer so i was like oh (laughs) oh okay yeah we've we've been doing this a while i know that a lot of people started a podcast in the last sort of year because of the pandemic and people locked inside yeah yeah we've been doing it before then <laughs> so <laughs> yeah because uh, most people's answers are just like oh yeah i got i love horror and i love talking about movies and then uh i loved your I lost answer. my job and i've been yeah. locked in my house for 12 months so fuck it <laughs> i loved that answer too it, it definitely caught me by surprise <laughs> so i hope you didn't take offense to my reaction like i i didn't want to be rude i was just like oh <laughs> no, it's, fine. <laughs> it's like asking somebody like how are you today and then they're like i'm horrible and you're just like oh oh god i hate that question <laughs> like, yeah like you don't know how to react when somebody says they're not doing good you're like oh yeah it's like well british people always say like you're all right all right all right mate and everyone's like all right it's like oh, you're not really asking me that question though are you that's just a <laughs> thing that we say you don't actually care you don't actually want to hear how i am because if i tell you you'll walk away right (laughs) oh geez (laughs) all right question number four finn um where are we okay this one you gotta use your imagination a bit you're in a room with your best friend whoever that may be Mm -hmm. and there are two wormholes in front of you and you get to choose who goes through which one you can't go through the same one together okay Mm -hmm. 
the first wormhole will take you to the Nostromo and you will have to survive the events of Alien. The second wormhole will take you to the Event Horizon and you have to survive the events of Event Horizon. Oh no. Which one do you go through? Which one do you send your best friend into? Oh no. Oh yes. That's a hard one because it's like... (laughs) It's so mean. (laughs) I know, it's like, it's like, do I take the easier one? Because neither one of them is that, like, it's hard to... Oh, they're they're both awful. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, you gotta like, do a process of elimination and figure out which one is the worst out of the two. And then it's like, do I sacrifice myself to go to the worst one? Or do I, do I be a shitty person and give it to my friend? I'd definitely be a shitty person. <laughs> I wouldn't even think twice about it. Uh, I think I would probably send my friend to the Nostromo and I would do the event horizon. Which one do you think is worse though? Event horizon. Yeah. For sure, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> I know. I, I just like, listen. Sorry, but uh, I'm going there, and I'm going to hang out with Alan Ripley, and you are going to that hell. Uh, if it's if between me or them, it's going to be them every day. Like, sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, and I'd go to the Stromo and just cling to Ripley the whole time. <laughs> I would not leave her side. Right. <laughs> Oh man, that was a really good question. I enjoyed that question a lot. Like you're you're putting all my questions to shame today. I feel like my <laughs> feel like my questions aren't as creative. Um, Is your question number four? Okay, yeah. Um, I'm gonna kind of go off the same question that you asked me, except you do have to deal with the people in the scenario. So like, you have to choose a place to stay at, like a place to live, but you have oh, to. Okay. But you have, because I have this question. I've asked this question before. It's like if you had to stay at this certain place for a week. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but I'm gonna go. say, I'm gonna say. Um, oh, sorry. I, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna try to uh, figure out different places for you to stay instead of the same ones that you asked me. <laughs> oh no, go on then. Yeah, go on. Um, let's see. Okay. Beth Sheba's house from The Conjuring. Um. Nope. <laughs> it's the, a lovely house but i'm not saying that <laughs> the sawyer house in uh texas chainsaw massacre um let's see what else um oh the the glass house from 13 ghosts definitely not ever no <laughs> or uh let's see um or yeah i'll just do nancy's house from nightmare on elm street so you have those four to choose from which one would you rather stay at for a whole week but you have to deal with the you have to deal with all the stuff that goes on there too um the conjuring no i'm not up for ghosts um no uh, again with 13 the glass house i even if there wasn't ghosts in it i wouldn't stay in that house it's so fucking ugly it is so, right. It's hideous. What <laughs> like I love hell? how I love how they go in there and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful." It's like, really? No, it's not. I think it's tacky, Ooh, but okay. Yeah. Are you <laughs> fucking serious? <laughs> I'm all about windows in my house, but uh, not the entire fucking house. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. What happens when you're like, I don't know, having a bath, and then there's like some guest staying in the next room, just watching you through the glass. They're just like reading a book, just like casually looking over at you every every so often. Don't, how's your how how are you doing in there? <laughs> don't mind me. You pruny uh, so yet? They're definitely not staying there. 
Conjuring, uh, Sawyer House or Nancy's House? Um, basically, yeah, do I want to deal with Freddy or do I want to deal with... I would go and stay at the Sawyer House because I can't really deal without sleep. Same. So I'd stay at the Sawyer House and apart from Leatherface, I'm pretty sure I could beat up that entire family. Probably. They're not, they don't look too, uh, <laughs> no. And quite frankly, I think Leatherface is a bit out of shape. So maybe I'll just outrun him for a while. Yeah. And he's kind of clumsy too. It seems like doesn't seem like yeah, he's all... fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just sit on their like weird skeleton bench thing and hang out. <laughs> yeah. You'd end up like, uh, becoming friends with the Sawyer family and just chilling with them. <laughs> You'd become initiated into the group. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> if I got to eat humans. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. I mean, when in Rome, I, I'll try it. But... <laughs> oh, all right. Final question for me, Finn. Uh, well, my you... final question was uh, your first question, which is what horror film would you like to see a musical version of? Ooh, okay. Um, so I have, I have two possible answers for that. Um, I would really, really love... And I, I don't know if this film has actually been made into a musical. I wouldn't be surprised if it had, but I would love to see Black Swan. Like, not like the, not like the, the, <laughs> not the, I've Swan, never seen it. not Swan Lake, but like the movie Black Swan, like yeah, laid out on, on a stage because I would love to see like how they do that descent into madness, kind of like how Natalie Portman goes in basically goes insane in that movie i would love to see how that would like be portrayed on stage and it's just such a beautiful film i'm surprised you haven't seen it finn you gotta watch it i highly highly recommend it i've got the dvd up there oh, so good so <laughs> it's good been it's been there for about two years and i've just still <laughs> got around to watching it it's one of my favorite movies ever made so um but yeah, I, I will watch that then next week <laughs> Yeah, I would just love to see how they turn that into a, a musical. Um, I feel like some of it would be pretty easy, but I just feel like it'd be really cool to see how they do that whole, like, her descent into, like, becoming this, you know, <laughs> basically this character at the end. I would love to see it. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I just had this image. I don't know if you ever seen the Simpsons episode where they do a musical version of a streetcar named Desire. And there's a scene where she's descending into madness. And it's just Marge swinging from the rafters back and forth with like loads of smoke and lasers shooting everywhere. It's completely insane. That's just what I picture in my head. It sounds like an acid trip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. <clears throat> All right, Finn. Final question for you. Hit me. All right. Um, just what what has been your favorite what's been your favorite thing about podcasting so far? Like what what's the best thing that you've gotten from doing this whole thing? Like the experience of it? Um uh whenever I've had like a message just from anybody saying that they like the show, that's that's pretty much it. Uh we never started it thinking we're gonna be famous podcasters. <laughs> or <laughs> you know, we never I didn't really start this to do you know, like make money or anything. It was just something to do. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, just to have just anybody kind of saying like, oh, I listened to your podcast. And I liked it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're like what you're doing is worthwhile. It's a, a very nice feeling. Yeah. It's like, wow, that wasn't a total piece of shit. Good. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think your podcast is great. Um, I think you guys do Thank a really you. fantastic job. You have a really, really amazing back and forth with each other. I just feel like there's such a camaraderie with you guys. And when you guys talk about films, like you guys, you guys mess around with each other and you joke and stuff, but I, I think it's, I think it's fun to listen to you guys like talk about films. Um, I will admit though, and I say this to a lot of people, I have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> behind, but um, I'm a little behind on mostly everybody's podcasts. Like, it's there's so many podcasts out there now that I like listen to and I follow and um, that I talk yes, to. Yes, the thing like, there are a lot, and you want to listen to all of them because I guess there is this kind of community that we are in, and you want to kind of give everyone like your time and support and stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of hours listening to stuff. Yes, uh, which you sometimes just don't have time for. Somebody recently messaged me saying um, they I, I'd known them for a while, but they didn't even know that I had a podcast. So like, oh, I never knew that. So they gave it a listen. And they said, oh, I just listened to your your first ever episode. I thought it was really good. I was like, the first one? No, I don't listen to that. It's rubbish. <laughs> it's just, no. The, like, <laughs> I mean, the, I, I made that and I'm still kind of proud of it. But when I listened back to the first few episodes, like, oh, God, it's so embarrassing. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I didn't I couldn't really edit properly. And to think that, yeah, people come to the sort of show and they go to the very, very beginning and listen to that. You're like, oh God, so embarrassing. No, listen to the new one. Make your way backwards, if anything. Yeah, make your way backwards so you already uh, you already have a high opinion of me before you get to the <laughs> yeah <laughs> before you get to the old <laughs> ones. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like I, it's crazy when you um, because I've only been doing this for a year now, like a little over a year and a month now. Um, is when I started doing this with. Uh, my ex co-host and I was uh, actually going back and listening to our first episode uh, a few days ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like we were like, we were babies. Like we didn't know what we were doing. And now it's like a year later and you know, I still don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but <laughs> I feel like, well, I feel like now, you're oh, constantly sorry. learning stuff as you go. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like you ever fully, <laughs> fully know what you're doing i think i think everything's still a learning experience but yeah that's just from like uh, anyone that kind of records produces and like edits their own show no one i mean some but a lot of people don't really know what they're doing in the beginning and you just learn that as you go on and that's just the way it is unless you're going to pay for someone to do all that for you but you know <laughs> we're not making money doing this so why put money into it if you see what i mean exactly uh, yeah and yeah, if you are someone listening who's about to start their own podcast, the first episodes, they will be shit, but they'll get better. I promise you. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, it, it, it's it's fun to listen to podcasts and like see how far they've evolved since the first episode. So, yeah, you just... can find, have you, do you know um, uh, well, the, the last podcast on the left, which is like one of the biggest like true crime podcasts out there? Yeah. You can find their first ever episode on YouTube. Oh, wow. And it's rubbish. But it's <laughs> that show now, and it's huge. and has, like, it makes, uh, like, fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars now, like, millions of listeners. But even they started out terrible. <laughs> and now look at them. That's the, Yeah, I, now look at them. I think that's what we all hope for, is that eventually one day we'll, we'll be uh, big enough podcasters that we don't have to work a regular job anymore. That'd be nice. That's the that dream. would be that would be a nice. I mean, it's the, yeah, it's not why I started it. I don't think. Well, hopefully, it's not why most people start it. 
if you start it with that kind of mentality, you're probably going to be quite disappointed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that, that would be nice. Definitely. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, thank you for, thank you for participating in the five question lightning round, Finn. Ditto. That was, that was fun. I hope you had fun. I hope you had a good time. I did. I like that. So um, made me think. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I stumped you on that one question for a minute. You were like, I don't know. Crap. Five movies. That's it. That's all I get. Yeah, that's a hard if, question. If you asked me again now, I'd probably come up with five different movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, do you want to uh, get into the movie that we're talking about today? Yes. And what movie would that be, Finn? Little Shop of Horrors. Yep, yep. A horror musical from 1986. So, very old. <laughs> it's a pretty old did movie you... now. I did watch the original today as well. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, like I almost had a heart attack last night because I was like, oh, my gosh, which one was I supposed to watch? Because you were like, there's a... <laughs> you're, like, <I'm> watching the... <laughs> you're like, I'm watching the original one right now. And I'm like, there's an original one? I only thought there was... <laughs> That's how much I know. Like, I, I don't know a whole lot about the backstory with this film, to be honest with you. So, like, I didn't even know that there was an older one, like, from the 60s. I only thought, I only knew of this one from the 80s. So, when you yeah, said, but... I'm watching the original one now, I'm like, uh, you mean the one from 1986? Or <laughs> there's another one? I'm like, um, am I watching the right movie? <laughs> that would have been hilarious, though, if we showed up to do this and we watched two different films. <laughs> right. We would have had pro- a very interesting yeah, conversation. I, I probably would have just winged it like, oh, yeah, that scene was good. Shit. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yep, that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that one scene but, but where the um, person did this and that. And- <laughs> <laughs> the 1960 version is not a musical. It's just like a black comedy, like horror comedy. It's actually directed by uh, Red, um, Roger Corman. And oh, okay. It's got uh, Jack Nicholson in it in a small role. Ooh. but he's really good in it and that was adapted to an off-broadway musical and then that musical was adapted into this film gotcha okay yeah i saw that on the um like the ending credits and like when i did when i did um my research too i found out that it was like a you know based off of <laughs> a musical yeah. slash uh you know older movie but until last night i was like oh my gosh when you told me that i was like almost had a heart attack i was like oh god i did the wrong movie didn't i oh no (laughs) oh man but um uh, i just have some facts that i want to read real quick so first off the synopsis um a nerdy florist finds his chance for success and romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant who demands to be fed and uh, feed me feed me feed me seymour (laughs) that was a good impression look at that (laughs) (laughs) um it was directed by frank oz uh he's directed he hasn't directed a whole lot um he's more of an actor i saw he's done a lot of acting stuff yeah yeah Um, and yoda yeah huh yep he voices yoda yeah and he did uh, direct um dirty wrong scoundrels though which is a film i love yeah he uh he also i saw that he also directed um the stepford wives as well and death at a funeral so and uh, the Indian in the cupboard, which is a '90s lost gem. Yes, and the Dark Crystal, which um, I found funny because on my '80s episode that I did with Roman, I had my friend 
um, now roommate, he's my roommate now, he was on there and he was talking about how like that was one of the movies that scared the shit out of him when he was a kid <laughs> was The Dark Crystal. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to put that on here. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. I've never seen it either. I'm pretty sure it's uh, like a, I don't know if it's a Muppets movie. It's something like that. I think that. it's made by the like the, the, the company that makes the Muppets, Henson Productions, whatever. I think they, yeah, they did all the puppeteering for that film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not, uh, yeah, Kermit doesn't show up. It's not a Muppets movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> if Kermit's not there, it ain't no Muppets movie. <laughs> exactly. And I think uh, Netflix made a sequel of it like last year. Oh, I didn't know that. Very cool. Yeah, but I've also not seen. Hmm. I'll have to have to look into that. I mean, yeah, I had no idea. So um, I also wanted to kind of give a shout out to the makeup effects person, uh, which was Lyle Conway, because I was watching this movie today and I, I, I think for it being 1986 when this when this film came out, I'm impressed. Mm. I'm impressed with how damn good it looks. Like the just yeah, the, same. Just the way it looks, the way it uh um god, the effects, the, everything, the the way the plant looks, it's just so realistic. Like it doesn't take me out of it at all. It looks really cool. Uh Audrey 2, the name of the plant. Um it looks really awesome. And that was made by the 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 Henson workshop. And I yeah. think, um, what's his, not Jim Henson, Brian Henson's son worked on the film and he was one of the puppeteers for, for Audrey too. And it does look cool. Like, even though it is almost kind of cartoonish, but it, <laughs> like you said, it doesn't take you out of the film. Yeah, you, no, you, still, you, you totally believe that's a plant. Like, yeah, that's a plant. <laughs> yeah, like I was watching this, I was watching this movie and I, I was sitting there like, you know, because like I said, I haven't seen it in like five years, but you know, watching it from a more, I guess, um, critical perspective. Mm. I, 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 I don't know. I, I sat there and I was like, I'm not taken out of this. Like normally I feel like effects from the eighties are kind of cheesy. So it kind of takes you out of certain moments where you're like, Ooh, that didn't look very good, but this is a yeah, really definitely. good looking creature. Like the design. Uh, yeah. Lyle Conway designed it and he's already, he's also done um, makeup effects for deep rising and the blob. So I found that kind of interesting. Oh, deep rising is a, under, really underrated film <laughs> yeah and then i also wanted to shout out uh levi stubbs who voices audrey too because he's fucking he's brilliant yeah. he is brilliant yeah so good um and then the main cast is rick Moranis as seymour and he's in a lot of um 80s slash 90s stuff like i haven't seen him do any acting stuff in a really long time i think the last movie i saw that he was in or tv show or whatever was like from like 2008 or something like that so yeah he retired after his wife died yeah he hasn't done a <laughs> he hasn't done anything since then so um yeah but uh yeah he's in ghostbusters Spaceballs, ghostbusters 2 honey i shrunk the kids honey i blew up the kid which is a movie that i used to watch pretty much daily when i was a kid like i love that movie <laughs> i remember watching that as a kid yeah uh-huh. <laughs> we, we yep. had on vhs yeah <laughs> yep and i loved the whole scene where he was like walking through vegas and <laughs> yeah the big baby walking through vegas <laughs> <Yep. the fuck? laughs> that seems so normal as a kid you're watching like this is fine yeah this, this is, is cool. entertainment if you watch yeah. it now you're like there's a giant baby like the state uh the marshmallow man and ghostbusters just stomping through vegas still in like his little red dungarees and everything it's so right. bizarre <laughs> um and then he's also in little giants so those are all the ones that i have him down for um Ellen Green is Audrey. Uh, she wasn't really in anything that I've seen. So like I 
I didn't put anything down. No, I'd never seen it before either. But I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff, like uh, a, a few things since then, uh, since this film. Uh, Vincent Gardenia as Mush as Mushnick, and mm. uh, Steve Martin as Orin, and he's in a lot of stuff too. <laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles. He's also in yeah. Rotten Scoundrels, uh, Father of the Bride one and two, Cheaper by the Dozen one and two, The Pink Panther one and two, and then I put him down for Baby Mama, and then you get like that nice little cameo from Bill Murray too. So. <laughs> A fun little yeah in the fun... um in the in the six the 1960 version that role is jack nicholson's role the bill murray one. Oh, very nice very interesting yeah it's a really good scene <laughs> and then it was uh made on a 25 million dollar budget which holy shit that's a lot of money especially back in the 80s that was probably... yeah i think i read somewhere that there was i can't remember the studio but at the time it was like the the highest budget they put into a film Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It costs more than aliens. Holy shit! Which seems crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually think I have that down as a fact. Yeah, I do. Yep, I do have that down as a fun fact. Um, <laughs> it uh, made three point five million in the opening weekend, which not very good when you consider the budget. <laughs> but no. I, it did do pretty good. It made thirty eight million uh, U.S. and worldwide gross was thirty eight million. So I mean. They made they made their return at least so, um, uh, yeah, sort somewhat kind of. <laughs> it depends. It, it depends how much money they spend on like marketing and promotion, right? So yeah. If your film costs thirty eight million and then you spend another twenty million on a marketing promotion, uh, yeah, and it comes back. You kind of need to make more than your budget, and it comes back like, oh damn. I don't yeah. think it was a yeah. It wasn't like a box office smash. Yeah, I'm not I I don't know actually if it was or not. Um It says it was a box office hit on one of my fun facts, but I don't know. Doesn't when I was reading that I was like 38 million from a two, 25 million dollar budget. Like I mean, sure, they made their return. Obviously, they they made mm. some money off of it, but I don't know. I guess I'm just used to seeing these movies like with like a 25 million dollar budget and then they make like 90 100 Yeah, 100 million, 100. yeah. Yeah, like so I'm like so I don't know. This just doesn't seem like a whole lot to me um, at the end no, of the day. I, but some I think, executives are a bit disappointed, probably. Right. Well, I'm sure back in the at the time, though, in the 80s, I'm sure it was a big success. Like 38 million is a lot of money. <clears throat> Excuse me. 38 million is a lot of money back in the day. So, I mean, it still is a lot of money today, but <laughs> you know what I'm trying to ever, say. Yeah. Do you ever find it weird when you're doing these things like when we're doing podcasts and you're talking about budgets and you're throwing around like millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like this film only made like 50 million and it costs 7 million to make and blah, blah, blah. Like we're talking like money we'll never even see in our lives. <laughs> we just throw them around so casually. It's, it's weird when you talk about films, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like, <laughs> you won't, we only dream that we could have that much money one day. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. But it's insane. Like, especially when you talk about a film that didn't make money and you're like, somebody must have been fired over this one. It right? lost like $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, I have I have a few fun facts here that I thought I'd read off. Um, so as part of the film's promotion, the Audrey 2 plant was occasionally interviewed in character by the press. On at least one occasion, the interview concluded with Audrey 2 eating the interviewer. Which is I read that. Yeah. Well, that was really funny. <laughs> that <laughs> that is funny. Great. That's great promotion. <laughs> right. 
Um, the dental the dental tools used in Oren's office during Bill Murray's famous scene would again appear in Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. They're the tools used on Jack Nicholson's Joker after he fell into the chemicals. Coincidentally, Little Shop of Horrors from 1960 was Nicholson's first movie role in which he plays the mas- ma- oh masochistic patient. I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I yeah. thought it was saying for some reason my um my mind was tricking me into thinking I was saying misogynistic and I was like, that is not what the word is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I found that fact really interesting. I think they, they just took those tools, left them exactly where they were, let them rust for like three years and then pick them up and use them for Batman. Cause they probably. look disgusting in Batman. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> they probably did. They're probably like, Oh, uh, you know, we use these on little shop of horrors. Why not just use them for Batman too? That's fine. Yeah, had them lying around for three years. You want them or not? Yeah. Um, so amazingly, when this movie came out in 1986, it was the most expensive movie Warner Brothers had ever produced with a budget of 25 million. It was it even surpassed Aliens, which had a budget of 18 million and was shot in an adjacent stage at Pinewood Studios. So it's weird to think that they were filming Aliens at the same time that they were filming this movie. Like, it's just it's weird to think about. It is Well, yeah, it's weird that you think Warner Brothers is such a huge company. Yeah. And you say at the time. 25 million was their biggest budget like really is that it <laughs> that's okay. it okay and like, also yeah all, all this stuff was filmed in england in slough like yeah. the least hollywood place in the world <laughs> well and it's weird that this movie was made on a bigger budget than aliens because you watch aliens and you're like oh this has to be like a a 30 million 40 million dollar budget just because of how like everything looks but then you think 18 million for aliens holy crap what yeah, it's strange when you think whoever was working at Warner Brothers like, okay, we've got Aliens, which is a sequel to a really, really successful and critically acclaimed film, Alien. And then we've got this <laughs> other script for a musical based on an obscure Roger Corman film about a plant that eats people. Uh, who should we give more money to? The musical about the plant. Like, what? <laughs> what are you thinking? It seems weird that's what they decided and why they gave that budget to that i mean i like both films but i just you would assume that they give a bigger budget to the kind of the more safe bet yeah yeah it is it is a weird thing to think about because it's like what i don't it's like weird to think what was going through their heads when they did that (laughs) probably a lot of cocaine probably (laughs) um Let's see. So this is a really interesting fact. This movie and the movie Aliens were both being shot at the same time and adjacent sets at England's Pinewood Studios. In an interview by several actors from Aliens, it was stated about an onset accident involving James Ramar. Apparently, his prop gun was accident actually loaded with real ammo. When he shot the gun, it blew a hole onto the into the set of Little Shop of Horrors. Luckily, nobody was hurt in the accident. Wow, that could have ended very badly. Someone could have died. That's yeah. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> when I read that fact, I was like, holy shit, that's scary. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, I don't like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I have for, for fun facts. Did you have anything you wanted to point out before we get um, into like the actual discussion? No, I think we've covered everything that I knew. Uh, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, I like how this movie starts out with the whole um, kind of Star Wars-ish type of like with the with the credits that pan up that are kind of explaining like this whole this whole situation that's going on um i just kind of thought it was funny that (laughs) it was very star wars inspired for sure 
Yeah, um, the voice is quite funny as well. Yeah. The, uh, the kind of sort of 50s kind of B-movie. Um, Sounds almost like Twilight Zone-ish a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit, yeah. Got kind of like a Twilight Zone vibe from listening to his voice. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then I like how it uh, you get introduced to all these like characters that work at this flower shop. So you've got Seymour, um, you've got Audrey, and then you've got their boss. And uh, they're kind of like hard on, like at the beginning, I feel like they're all hard on their luck. Like this is, they live on Skid Row, basically. Yeah, I like how you get introduced to these characters and you kind of, you know, you get this, I just want to say first and foremost, I love the music in this movie. I don't know. I, I want to know what you thought of all the the musical numbers in this film, considering this was the first time you've ever seen it. Well, like I said, I'm not big on musicals. Yeah. And uh, once it, as soon as it starts, the first thing you get is the uh, a musical number by like the, uh, the Greek chorus, the, the three women. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that song started, I was like, okay, this is going to be fine. Because it was kind of that 50s, 60s doo-wop kind of pop rock music. Yeah. And I like that. So I was like, I-, I can rest easy. I think I'm going to enjoy this now. Yeah. Um, that first song especially is amazing. Like oh, the title song. It. Yeah, it's I- such a great song. So I was like, okay, I- my mind's at rest a bit now. <laughs> Even though I don't like <laughs> musicals, I like this kind of music. I think I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I think I really, I really loved the opening number for this. But I also loved the song that Steve Martin sings. Oh, the dentist is hilarious. I can't wait to get to that scene because he is absolutely <laughs> fucking insane in this movie. Like his acting is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also love the beginning, the first musical number. Uh, it's, all, it's a really upbeat song. And yeah. you've got like, these, these three beautiful women singing it all. But it's pouring with rain. It's absolutely miserable. It's such a juxtaposition. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I love I love the um I love that whole thing, the juxtaposition between that and the rain, because it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> like, we're like, singing this great song, we're already happy and all this stuff, but we live in a shithole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like how I kind of like how they uh kind of explain like the the backstories of these characters a little bit. So you get Seymour who's who uh works down like there's a there's a scene of him where you get introduced to him where he's like I don't know, he's standing on a ladder or something and he's trying to like put something on the shelf and then the whole shelf of like, he's a fucking klutz in this movie at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, they established quite quickly he's a bit of a prat. Yeah, like and... he, knocks, he knocks down the whole shelf <laughs> yeah. full of like the, the yeah. pots and the, the plants yeah. and then he goes into the, he goes into the lobby of the, the flower shop and he drops that entire box of just the clay, yeah. <laughs> the clay plots and um, I don't know. What did you think about the actress that plays Audrey? Did you did you find her annoying in this movie? It's just the way she talks, uh, I guess. I want to. Yeah, ask. I was about to ask you that as well. Um, yeah, she speaks in a certain way. Um, she's one of those people that instead of saying "sure," she says "sure." Sure. Um, yeah. She's sure. Like, I'll do that for kind of like Harley <laughs> Quinn, like Mister J. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like He's Mia like, Farrow in Radio Days. Yeah, that mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, that really kind of grating sort of uh, I think like East Coast accent or something like that. Yeah, it's like a like a like a New York Boston accent. Like she's like, oh Seymour. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you feed the plants today, Seymour? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> um, I didn't I, I didn't mind it. it at first I was like, oh, she's one of them. Yeah, sure, mister. Or whatever. <laughs> um, 
but no, it didn't. I thought it at first. I thought like this is going to annoy me, but actually, it didn't really. At first, uh, when she first, before you hear her speak, when she first comes on screen, I did like a double take. I was like, "Is that Jamie Lee Curtis?" Huh? She has like yeah that same kind of bone structure. Do you know what I mean? She looks yeah. a bit like her. So for a second, um, we're like, "Hold on, hold on." Yeah, I was like, "Wait, what is she?" No, it's not her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, her character is, I guess, supposed to be that kind of. She's sort of the ditzy harmless but kind of dipsy woman of the piece <laughs> yeah yeah well and i like her character a lot actually i think she um might actually be my favorite character and i guess that's why i wanted to ask you if you thought she was annoying because like i'm i'm with you i didn't find her annoying at all and i thought like at first when i first heard her talk because um i was like oh. yeah I just, I, at first i was like oh god she's gonna annoy the hell out of me in this movie but she really didn't like there there's just something about her character like I really like how they give her character and Seymour's character like two separate like musical numbers where they kind of talk. So like his character, Seymour's character is more so about like, you know, getting out of Skid Row and becoming successful and, and getting out of this like shitty situation. And it's kind of the same for Audrey too. Like she's an abuse, she's in an abusive relationship with Steve Martin's character, Oren. Like she's in this Mm. abusive relationship. She wants out, like she feels trapped and so you kind of get like both of these <clears throat> kind of dynamics that are kind of the same with each other. And I, I really like that. I really like that they kind of have character development sprinkled throughout this film, but like <laughs> in musical form. Yeah, like that, um, the second song in it, that Skid Row song is basically about, yeah, then <laughs> everyone that lives in the area <laughs> I'm trying to get out of the place. Although I will say, I don't dislike the Skid Row song, but yeah. when it started, I was a bit like, I could do without this because the film's not even begun. It, yeah, and it's already kind of getting depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can, it's like, can we have a bit of plot or some like characters first instead of going straight into another musical number? Right. Um, that's just how I felt. I was like, yeah, the film hadn't really begun. It's like, oh, they're singing again. Like, <laughs> already? Can we, uh, like, right. Get to the plant for fuck's sake. <laughs> Right. Well, and then directly after the scene is when he finds the plant. Like he, uh, he talks about finding the plant. And I think the plant in this is so cute. Like when it's little, it's like, it's adorable. It is. Yeah. It's really <laughs> adorable. It's really cute. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, so as soon as they like acquire this plant, which he calls Audrey too, all of a sudden, <laughs> all these people are like interested in it. Like you get all these people coming to the, to the shop, like I'll pay you this much for this. I'll, I'll whatever, bloody, bloody, blada. Like I'll, I'll buy all the, all your flowers, shit like that. So like people are going in and out of the store now. And all of a sudden they're making all this money just because of this plant. Um, Did you notice that before that, um, when they're all sat there in the shop and they're all talking about how they've got no customers and business is really bad, that they're sat in a shop with nothing in it? <laughs> yeah. It's like there's no, there's nothing to buy. It's there's a forest, no flowers. There's... But there's no flowers in sight. And yeah. even if they have flowers to sell, none of them are on display. That's why you have no customers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like you're just sat in a barren room going, why is no one coming in to buy the stuff that's not on display? What's wrong? Like, what do you think's wrong? <laughs> yeah, I think that also that shop needs a little bit of renovation. It looks a little bit dingy, kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say dirty, but it wasn't like a nice looking flower shop. Like I wouldn't go in there and be like, just, I, w- I feel like I'd go in there and be like, I don't know. There's something about this place that's off to me and I don't like the energy in here. <laughs> the lack of flowers is what's off. 
in yeah. this forest. The lack There's of flowers. No and... flowers on site. Like, help. And it's not a very, like, colorful shop either. It's like, you would think you'd go into, like, a flower shop and, like, you'd think that the wallpaper or, like, the paint on the walls would be a little more, I don't know, not dingy. Like, this whole this whole flower shop is just very dingy to me. Ah, but this is Skid Row. True. Where very, even very the good flower point. shops look like shitholes. <laughs> very good point that that's a very good point um but yeah i like i just love how like as soon as they acquire this like strange plant they start getting customers like crazy and it's like okay so like if you didn't have flowers before where the hell are you getting all these flowers now yeah and also all these people come into the shop including a sort of cameo from christopher guest playing a guy looks like he's on drugs um they all come into the shop because are you talking about the one that's like are you talking about the one that's like and I'll do that. The one that like turns towards them, like all weird. Yeah. The really <laughs> crazy guy. Yeah. Tell me, son. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, that guy. Yeah. All these people come to the shop because Audrey too has been put in the window mm-hmm. and they're all like, wow, what a fascinating plant. And they all go in there, but nobody buys, nobody wants to buy Audrey too. They've all gone in there to see this plant, but nobody offers to buy it. They just want, oh, wow, that plant's amazing. Anyway, uh, give me some lilies. Yeah, I found that kind of weird. I was kind of like, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah, no one's made an offer. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. I guess I just didn't understand the allure of this plant to make people want to go in there and buy other things. Like, you'd think that yeah, these people. Other stuff. <laughs> that was the one that because that first one that when the scene first started, I thought that people were offering to buy that plant. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then they started. They just started buying all these other flowers, and I was like, "Okay, so they're they're just here because of the plant." I don't understand. Like, what? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, like, what... just because there's like an appealing looking plant in the window, you're gonna buy something else? Flower shop now? All of a sudden? Yeah. As soon as that guy, as soon as Christopher Guest walks in, I assumed he was gonna make an offer to buy Audrey too. Yeah. But he doesn't. He then buys a hundred dollars worth of roses and leaves without Audrey too. It's just bizarre, it but is. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe this plant just has like some sort of like hold on people. I don't freaking know. Because it just seems Bloody like a soon... salesman. That's what that plant Yeah, is. there we go. <laughs> yeah, but I like um, in this next scene where you see that the plant isn't doing so well. Like the plant's kind of like hunched over and it looks like it's, you know, and there he, he was like, I don't understand. I've been giving it sunlight. I've been feeding it and um, he like ends up like cutting his finger. Yeah. And, uh, he's sitting there like licking the blood from his finger. And then you kind of hear, you kind of hear the plant start. Like you start <laughs> hearing the plant kind of like doing that. So he like walks up to it and he like does it back to it. And then he like goes to like touch it and it like almost bites his finger. And yeah. so then he like, I think he starts to realize, he starts to realize that like it wants blood because he puts his other finger to it. Like the one that's not cut and bleeding mm. he puts the other finger up to it and it doesn't open its mouth at all and so then he's like okay so he starts feeding and like you get this montage of him feeding it blood and then it just starts getting bigger and bigger and this thing is giant towards the end of the film it's fucking huge it's enormous it is a big old boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then uh the whole can we can we get into the steve martin scene now because i'm so excited to talk about it this was probably my favorite part of the so, whole yeah. freaking movie steve, steve martin plays audrey's as in the the woman audrey not the plant audrey plays her boyfriend and when he appears on screen 
he still looks old, even though he's had his hair all dyed black. Yeah, yeah. Which I kind of found funny. And I fucking died laughing. <laughs> he's like on a motorbike in all his levers looking really tough. And he's singing about how he used to fucking abuse animals as a child. <laughs> yeah. And how mentally was. And then he gets to work and it turns out he's a dentist, which I just found hilarious. <laughs> And he's psychotic too. I love when he first gets into the lobby, he fucking punches the nurse and he punches his assistant in the face. Yeah, like right in the, the face. Like, Bam. <laughs> so just I, I know I told you that I killed animals as a child, but just to establish that I'm a really piece of sh- shit, I'm gonna punch this woman for no reason whilst singing. Apparently that was Steve Martin's idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was I was dying when I watched that because um it's it's crazy how much of this movie I don't really remember. But like I said, I've only seen it a handful of times. I think I've seen it like two or three times in my entire life. So like <laughs> going back into this movie and watching it yesterday, like there were things that I did not remember and I was just dying during the scene. I think I rewatched it. I rewound it and rewatched it because I thought it was so great. This is this has to be like the best scene of the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I've rewatched that scene today as well. Just the whole the, the dentist, that that number. Uh, yeah, and it's just hilarious. Yeah, he's he's singing about how abusive he is, and then he's just like, "I am your dentist." You're like, "What?" <laughs> he's a dentist, and even though he is an abusive, like woman-beating piece of shit, it's he's hilarious though. Like Steve yeah. Martin is so so funny in that role. Like he brings he brings that fucking character to life, especially when he's like huffing the freaking. <laughs> The laughing yeah. gas stuff. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And they've got that really weird shot of from inside the mouth. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the tongue, and he's got like the big fucking drill, and he's drilling the tooth. And it's, yeah, it's just bizarre. It just adds to how weird that whole fucking number is. It's, uh, yeah, but it, it's, it, it's so funny. Like, I love it. That's like, honestly, that, mo- that part of the, movie had me laughing the whole time like uh, just the whole him oh and then when he walks like when he walks out that door the nurse is right there again and he fucking knocks her over with the door too (laughs) (laughs) he walks it he opens that door and he fucking knocks her to the ground again i was dying i was like oh my (laughs) gosh that poor nurse (laughs) this guy is just such a piece of shit but he's so funny like he can't like you take your eyes off of him and he's doing like the weird dance yeah like you said when he just starts he's obviously he's supposed to give the gas to the patient he starts hoofing it himself like fuck it woo and then starts drilling into people's mouths it's completely crazy oh jeez yeah <laughs> oh my gosh and then yeah and then you kind of get that uh you get that one scene where um he comes to the flower shop to pick Audrey up and I love how every <laughs> I love how like um Seymour's in the alley and you just hear like the motorcycle pull up and then you just see him like as if he was floating in the air just like uh, it's like okay did he ju- did he just drive off a ramp or something because you get that shot of his motorcycle just in midair and then it lands yeah. on the ground in front of the <laughs> in front of uh Seymour he does a couple of things with his motorcycle he's he rides it along and just kind of jumps off of it as it's going and he lands and perfectly, just stops. and then the bike stops and doesn't fall over, and he's kind of like, hey, at the fucking motorbike. And he's like, oh. <laughs> When he goes to the plant shop, it's when Steve Martin spots um, Audrey 2, the plant, for the first time. Yeah. And he just goes, nice plant, 
Berg. And that just killed me. It's like, what the fuck? Just the way he's like, Berg. It's so weird. Like, his his acting is so fucking over the top in this movie. Like, so yeah, over the top. He's doing some kind of weird, like, kind of southern accent throughout it. Yeah. It's it's kind of odd. <laughs> makes it it just makes it funnier. Hey there, nice plan. Big. Big. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, and then you get that other musical number where um uh, I, I believe this is the musical number with Audrey where she's kind of just the sad one. Yeah, that's and it's sad because and that's that's the thing I think that's why I like her character so much is because she comes off as like this ditzy uh defenseless woman that you know is very meek but i feel like at the same time she she has a lot of um she has a lot to offer she has like a a lot of stuff inside of her that she wants to just let out and she doesn't feel like she can because she just feels like she's trapped especially like i don't know when this movie's supposed to take place i'm assuming the 50s or 60s 50s or 60s yeah um like women didn't have a whole lot of rights back then so it's like there you get that kind of dynamic with her being a woman and kind of like living in that 1960s mindset and lifestyle where it's like women didn't really have much of a choice to do anything back in that time so you kind of get her character and she's like yearning to to just kind of break live in the suburbs exactly she wants to break free from this you know this abusive boyfriend she doesn't want to be with him anymore um and so I, I don't know. I just like, I, I really, that's one of my favorite musical numbers is with her uh, when she does hers. I, I like it a lot. Um, it's I just, found it funny um, in that, that musical number, obviously visually it's all like her fantasy of living in the suburbs with uh, Rick Moranis and his, the children that potentially have. Yeah. And even in like her wildest fantasies when her dreams come true, she's still eating shitty frozen TV dinners. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like really you could have like whatever you want. you want and then they're there, like in the little shade tv tray thing like, like, <laughs> like all right whatever i mean i guess whatever full <laughs> <Yeah. throw>, honey <laughs> she just does that because she doesn't have to cook anymore she's like i don't have to cook full-blown meals anymore i can just cook a tv dinner in the microwave so there we go yeah maybe yeah everyone's dream (laughs) but but yeah i I like how i like how this film um goes about the way of like character development because obviously it's not a normal like horror film it's like a musical so it's like they had to be creative with how they you know do their character development i just feel like these like numbers where you get like both characters of seymour and audrey they're kind of like you know doing their own musical numbers explaining like they want to get out of this place and they're they both kind of have like this mutual like idea and they want to run away together and they want to have a life together and stuff like that. I just like that whole thing. I really like it. Yeah, I think it's a it's really quite, nice plot. It's quite, uh, it's quite clear from like the offset that these two are meant for each other. Yeah. They, they are not the same person, but they have the same like feelings and dreams and aspirations. They, and yeah, they should definitely go off together <laughs> and she should definitely leave Steve Martin because he's a fucking sadist. Shit. Yeah. And doesn't he yeah, he he abuses her and like handcuffs her. Yeah. Weird shit that's all gets into. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Obviously, it's kind of it's glossed over like the thing. But yeah, essentially Steve Martin's hilarious character handcuffs her to a bed and fucks her. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also, I also, um, I don't know if you've ever seen West Side Story. Probably not if you're not like super into musicals. No, but I know the that one. Yeah, yeah. the The way this film was shot and lit, it really reminded me a lot of West Side Story, like the sets, the the um. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like a um, a a sort of gritty kind of city street, but uh-huh. it's quite obviously a set. Yeah, yeah. But it still works. Like, you oh don't yeah, mind. It's not like oh, that's not obviously a real street. Like it's <laughs> it's a it's a stage basically. Yeah, and like um. Yeah, I just kind of liked the the. I, I feel like this film kind of took in a little bit some influences from that movie, like with the with the way they lit certain scenes and the way they shot it, and even even so, like the, you know, the musical numbers that you get between the two characters, you kind of get that in West Side Story as well. You kind of get like their own in like you know the the woman in West Side Story, she kind of has her own little musical number, kind of like Audrey. So when I was watching this film, I was just thinking like West Side Story too. I was like, oh, this this film really brings me back to that movie. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. But um, yeah, so in this next scene, you realize that like like uh, Audrey too has gotten huge now. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Steve Martin's like, or not Steve Martin. Um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I? Rick Ryan? Seymour. Yeah, Seymour. Seymour um is basically like i don't have any blood left to to give you and it starts talking to him because i think that's the first time that the plant actually talks to him and he's like you can talk <laughs> yeah. he's like holy shit and he's like feed me yeah. as soon as that plant opens his mouth i was like yes i just want this plant in my house now right uh, it, it's fucking hilarious like levi stubbs is perfect casting apparently it was at one point gonna be eddie murphy but, oh, I'm glad it was Levi Stubbs. I think. Yeah, it's just instantly because you think, oh, Audrey too, and it's kind of it's, it's kind of a feminine looking plant, and then you hear the voice like, "Feed me!" It's <laughs> just like this deep voice, "Feed me, Seymour." <laughs> I'm starving. It must be blood, and it must be fresh. You're like, oh. Yeah. Also, um, at that point, this is kind of like the first. I think anyway, the the first sort of ho- uh, horror element, like that plant's actually a bit scary. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that plant um doesn't have good intentions there, Seymour. <laughs> no, like the size of it and it's the, uh, the size of it and the voice and obviously what it's asking for. It's all a bit like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh crap, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but yeah, well, and I like how in this scene, um. He's trying to think of like the plants talking to him and he's like, who do you think, uh, basically, who do you think you would, you could do without that you wouldn't feel bad about get feeding to me kind of thing. And then you see, uh, you see, I wonder who, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you see, uh, Oren like drive, right, drive right up on his motorcycle. Perfect timing. And then he's like arguing with, uh, he's arguing with, um, Audrey and they go in the apartment and you kind of see the silhouette of him and Audrey f- arguing. And then he slaps her. He like starts slapping the shit out of her. And then that's when Seymour uh, gets the idea to uh, feed him to Audrey too. And then you get this nice little cameo in the next scene with Bill Murray. So, yeah. well, I love how at first Bill Murray's just sitting in the office and he's just kind of like, you can tell he's like, Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, he's like, I'm, he's like, am I next? Am I next? And you hear like the fucking kid in the background, just screaming bloody murder. 
and he loves it <laughs> yeah and then the kid comes out and he's got like the fucking like headgear on except it looks more so like the fucking saw trap the reverse yeah, bear trap in saw <laughs> that was the first thing i thought of i was like oh that looks like the ver- reverse bear trap in saw because that's i wonder if that's where they got the, the design from for that because it, lo- it looks exactly like it pretty much is extreme some extreme headgear yeah for, for your braces <laughs> like jesus christ and he's there like what did they do to you let me see and he loves it. Yeah, he is like the, the sadomasochist who loves to be, he loves pain. And he goes, what was it? My dentist that I saw yesterday recommended me to you. <laughs> he just goes from <laughs> dentist to dentist to have all these fucking procedures because he loves pain. It's so weird, yeah. And then you get that whole like kooky scene with him in the <laughs> in the dentist's office where he's like pulling out all these tools and they all just look like fucking torture devices. And he's just like yeah, sitting he, there like, oh, like he's like basically having an orgasm right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were a dentist, you'd be like, um, do you want a cold shower first? Yeah, this is yeah, this is kind of weird. Can you uh, can you like relax a little bit, buddy? Relax, it is a uh, weird scene because like I, um, I don't know how you feel. I'm not the biggest Bill Murray fan, which I know a lot of people will be like, whoa. Um, but it's quite obviously not scripted this scene yeah yeah he's like, like bill murray in the lib. chair is here he's just ad-libbing and just kind of making up as he goes along which i'm not a massive fan of um but at the same time you've got steve martin being hilarious right next to him yeah but yeah the bill murray cameo i could take it or leave it <laughs> if i'm perfectly <laughs> honest yeah, I, d- I definitely think that was like in the prime of Bill Murray. So like everybody was like, oh my God, we need Bill Murray in this movie. We need a cameo. We need a cameo of Bill Murray. Because like, I think that was just like right before or after Ghostbusters. So he was he was riding on a pretty high success <laughs> train there for a yeah. minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but in, I love... In that, in that scene, I was going to say, um, uh, Steve Martin puts on that mental huge gas mask apparatus. That's creepy he's like he looks completely insane and quite terrifying mm-hmm. as he's dancing around and just sucking in all these fucking drugs i guess like pure oxygen yeah and possibly uh nitrous and yeah the whole thing he's like a i don't know some sort of demented darth vader or something <laughs> he does look a bit scary like like you said I this agree. film is terrifying it's not really a horror but Steve Martin is in that particular scene where he puts the mask on, like that's creepy. That's really creepy. You're like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Well, and then this is when, um, this is when Seymour comes in and he basically pulls a gun out on him. And then yeah. um, in the next but... scene, he's basically dragging his body in like a body bag type thing. And the Audrey too is basically telling him to chop him up. So you get that, like you get that scene where, it's like thundering and lightning and uh he's like you get like the nice silhouette of him bringing the axe down <laughs> basically chopping yeah, his body up cool. and then this is when um his boss uh Sick. comes in and uh mushnik he comes in and he witnesses seymour killing Orin, or basically dismembering Orin. and then um you get that scene where he confronts him like where he's like i know what you did i saw what you did and then he's basically saying like He's trying to, I think he's trying to offer him, he's giving him an offer of like, just to run away and 
let him have let him keep the plant or whatever and i like this scene a lot too because it's it's a very i think it's kind of an intense scene and i like the way that yeah. they incorporated the the three women from the opening scene they, mm. they incorporate the three women in this scene and you kind of just see them in the background and they're kind of like singing and that i think that's like the the way they, they built the tension in that scene was those three which i i thought was really cool yeah it's a cool scene it's quite um I think the idea throughout the film is that uh, Mr. Mushnik, his boss, is kind of like a father figure. But at this point, it turns quite sinister. Yeah. And it's like, you should just leave and leave me with the, the, you know, the famous plant and I'll make all the money. But you have to go because I know you've killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it does get a bit dark and a little bit a little bit sinister in that scene. Well, and then I like how, how like he's backing up towards the plant and you kind of just see like the plant kind of slowly like look at him and then it like opens its mouth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he basically gets eaten whole he basically just goes right inside its mouth and he eats the he eats him so <laughs> that's what yeah. happens with that um and then after that you get the whole scene where he goes from being like just this little shop owner to all of a sudden just being this world famous person going from like interview to interview talking to all these people like these reporters like press and stuff being on like tv shows shit like that and um he comes back to the shop and like there's people all over and he realizes that the plant is kind of dying again like it's all dried out like it doesn't look very good and he basically has like a mental breakdown because like he comes in and and he doesn't realize that there's other people there like inside the shop like it's audrey and like a bunch of reporters and stuff and he's just basically like leave me alone get away from me like he <laughs> he like yeah. free- he has like a freak out and then him and Audrey kind of have a conversation about um, like running away together. Like he's like, I want to run away. Let's run away together. And they have that like sweet moment where they kiss each other and they talk about uh, going down to the uh, down to the uh, courthouse and getting married and moving That's into it, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you get that scene where um, Seymour's trying to sneak out of the the flower shop. And so he goes to leave, and then you hear the you hear Audrey two go feed me, feed me, feed me, and then you get that nice musical number with the with the plant, which is also one of my favorites too. Yeah, this is like Audrey 2's big number, essentially with uh, the four tops. Apparently, uh-huh. well, and before that scene, um, you get that uh, part where they're in the alley. Him and Audrey are in the alley, and that reporter comes up to him, and he's like, "I'll offer you." this much money to sell me the plant god yeah fucking james belushi yeah 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 because he's like because we want to because we want to uh reproduce this plant and make more make more of this plant and uh basically that was the only the only scene of the film that actually took me out of it just because personally i fucking hate james belushi (laughs) um and that's my opinions all based on a book i read by uh david cross the comedian Mm mm-hmm about an interact a couple of interactions he had with James Belushi, and basically James Belushi is a fucking piece of shit of uh, <laughs> a human being. And when he showed up, I was like, "Oh, oh God!" You're like this fucking guy, really? This guy, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I hated that scene. <laughs> <Other than that. laughs> yeah yeah you get that scene where he's like i'll sell or i'll i'll give you money for it if you sell it to me and we want to make more like they they just want to kind of like make more of these plants they um, would put one in every household in america rick moran yeah. is like every household in america 
every house. <laughs> he freaks yeah. like, and he freaks out because he's like, oh God, like we gotta, we have to stop this. And um, yeah, that's when you get that nice musical number with, with uh, Audrey too. And you realize that it's already started reproducing like other plants because you get like the the start where the other plants are singing too like the little ones which oh is yeah cool. those the little kind of uh bulbs come up and do all the harmonies with it mm-hmm. which is yeah it's a really it's a really great uh great number i think that was the one that was uh nominated for an oscar yeah mm-hmm. that song it's so good like and it's just the just the visual effects in this film like are just fantastic. Like I wa- like I said, I watched this movie yesterday and it I, I watched it and I was like, this isn't taking me out at all. Like I feel like these are actually really good looking effects. Like the movie oh, itself yeah, is just yeah. a really good looking movie. Like this like the cinematography, the lighting, the way it looks, it's just a very well shot film. Yeah, I even like uh, like I said before, I really love the sets. Like they're obviously not actual streets um <laughs> yeah but I, I i love the look of it i think it, the sets are great the practical effects are great the cinematography is great um yeah it's, it looks awesome yeah um and then you get that uh you get that scene where um seymour leaves and then he calls he calls audrey on the phone like well you get that scene where he like latches his his uh his uh vines around the you know something and drags himself to the phone <laughs> and then he, yeah, like, and he, he goes yeah, into the register the and grabs the coin yeah. uh-huh <laughs> yep. and then he like calls he calls uh, audrey and he's like talking all sweet to her at first and she's like she's like seymour is that you <laughs> and he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's like yeah <laughs> and then she like looks over at the shop and she sees that he's like alive she sees yeah. the plants like moving so she goes in there oh and this is like when she's wearing her wedding dress and she's packing up and she i love how she puts her dog inside the suitcase did you <laughs> notice that she fucking picked up her dog off the bed and put it inside the suitcase it's like okay so you're gonna carry your dog in the suitcase huh all right <laughs> it's funny i'm like hey baby what you up to i just put my dog in a suitcase get in there you shit stay in <laughs> there you the stupid dog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh geez, but yeah, I've been checking that in for an airport. What's in here? Um, <laughs> why is it? Why, why is it, it moving? Yeah. <laughs> why is it? Why is there something moving in there, ma'am? Can you can you can you take that out, please? Oh, it's nothing. It's just you know my um, oh what do you call it? Oh my vibrator. Sorry, it's um, it's a little. <laughs> this out. is where they. This is where they call the bomb squad and brought the dog. <laughs> right. Suspicious package. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. But yeah, this is when she comes to the shop and this is when she finds out that the plant is alive. And uh, he's like kind of sweet talking to her. And then you get the the scene where Seymour comes back and she's basically halfway in his mouth already. Like her feet are only, only her feet legs are sticking out. And so he like yanks her back out and they go outside. And then he talks about like going back in and like killing this thing. And basically, um, this is when you find out that the plant has been using him the whole time. Like the plant has mm-hmm. been using him for world domination, basically. Like he wants to, he wants to. He's be, actually an alien. Uh huh. Yep. And like he he wants to reproduce and just basically take over the planet. And so he kind of he basically just tears down the entire flower shop in this scene. And blame him. Yeah. <laughs> like he just destroys the flower shop, and then you get that. Uh, shot of uh seymour's hand coming out from under the rubble with the the piece of uh what is that power line or something yeah 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 and he like shocks the the plant with it well and i love how the plant like 
is very vulgar in this movie too like he says shit a lot yeah because <laughs> like because he's like oh shit or stuff like that when he's like getting electrocuted and then he just blows up it happened that scene from like him pulling the the roof down essentially of the the, the flower shop and it crushing him um, to him being electrocuted and then he explodes from electrocution it happened really quick like it was literally i uh, sort of i think i went to take a like a sip of a cup of, of my tea and looked up like oh wait he's dead like, what fuck like, that was Did I miss something yeah it's like shit well that's the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh well and i like how you think at first that uh seymour is dead because like audrey comes in after that and she's like looking around for him and then you kind of just see him come out of like the the dust like the rubble yeah. dust kind of like slowly comes in and then um i think the girl that plays audrey's acting in the scene is really good like when she realizes that he's alive and she's like crying i think i think it's mm. really i think she does a really good job and i think everybody in this film did a really good job she's also a really good singer and yeah um, as when it started and um Obviously, it's a musical, and it's got uh, Rick Moranis in it, and I was—I know him from Ghostbusters and all that stuff. And I, when it started, I just assumed that Rick Moranis was going to be acting, and people like the Greek chorus would be singing around him. But yeah. then he—he sings, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wait, is that his voice? Because that's not what I thought he would sing like." Yeah, that's the and he's actually thing. really good. Yeah. Well, that's the weird thing about like people is like they're I feel like sometimes their singing voices sound completely different than what they sound like when they talk. So it's like when you hear someone's voice, you're like, I would never have pictured you sound like that when you sing. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, obviously Rick Moraz is an actor and he generally plays like kind of nerdy people. And um, I suppose he does like a a nerdy voice and he puts on that persona of that kind of nasally kind of thing but then when he's singing i was like oh shit he's actually quite good yeah yeah it, it really took me by surprise and she has got a set of pipes in her as well yes she does yeah she's there just everybody in this film is just really fantastic i really enjoy it a lot um and then you get like that scene at the end where they move into the the house in the suburbs and i like the way it looks like it looks very dreamlike like yeah for a minute i thought he was going to wake up from like a dream at the end of this. Cause I, I, like I said, I don't remember how this movie ends. I haven't seen it in a long time. So I was, I was thinking in my mind, I was like, is this going to be like just this whole, like this whole thing was just a fucking fever dream or something. <laughs> Cause it's just very like <laughs> the whole way, the whole house looks at the end. I was like, okay, this looks like a fucking, I don't know, like a children's set on a, a sh- like a children's show, like fucking Teletubbies or something like just the way it looks yeah i don't know it's just the way it looked it was kind of it's kind of weird but um and then that's basically well and then you get like the shot at the end like the last shot of like the the small little you know audrey 2 plant in the flower that's it there's a there's another little baby bulb of audrey 2 in their um little garden by their white picket fence yep like oh interesting Yep, and then that's that's how basically how it ends. So I don't yeah. know. Um, so do you want to get into your story rating and your quality rating? It's just out of ten, so whatever you rated this film. Okay, what do I start with? Story. Uh, yeah, story is fine. Um, story. I give this, I think, like a six point five. 
just because there's it's not like a particularly convoluted plot and it's not like a twist <laughs> and it is kind of um it's a story that a lot of us know it's not that original in a sense it's a story that we all kind of know it's kind of the it's the dracula renfield idea it's kind of the nerdy loser who, the weak individual who is doing the bidding of some listen character like bring me food bring me blood yeah um, which we know we've seen a lot in various other things um so but it's still wildly entertaining and there's great characters put into it so yeah i'd give it a i'd say a 6.5 yeah can i do point fives? yeah no that's fine (laughs) you're good (laughs) um and then what's your quality rating quality i would go seven i think seven i'm going for possibly 7.5 like the songs oh you're mainly there for the, the songs yeah as a musical and i liked every song but yeah. there was only a couple that kind of stuck with me the rest of them i couldn't even tell you what <laughs> they sounded like but like the opening number the dentist song and for some reason suddenly seymour that song got stuck in my head yeah um but I don't know why. It's just because the lyric. It's just when they sing it like suddenly Seymour, and he's the guy called Seymour is singing suddenly Seymour. That's definitely gonna stick in your head because that's just weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's only like uh, I'd say like three songs that kind of stuck with me. The others, I didn't think like, oh, this is a shit song, but I, honestly, I can't tell you what they, they weren't like memorable at all. No, not at all. Um, see, I'd go for whatever I said. I've gone already seven, seven. Yeah. <laughs> seven. <laughs> nice. Um, for me, I think I'm going to give the story a solid seven. Um, I agree with you though. It's not the most original concept. Um, I think the, I think the concept with the plant is interesting and stuff like that, but you're right. Like it is just kind of like a same, it's like a same, the same formula that we've seen before with like the, the nerdy guy that's kind of like down on his luck he discovers something that is a little too good to be true. And then it's just like at the end, like he ends up resolving the issue, defeating the the bad guy or whatever. And then he gets the girl. So it's kind of, it's one of those. Um, it's been done before, like obviously right. with Dracula, but also even recently, well, I'm not that recent, but I'd say like Death Note, it's the yeah. same kind of formula of mm-hmm. that. Somebody sad and desperate finds something amazing, but that thing is taking advantage of them exactly um and then i i felt like there were kind of not plot holes exactly but there were things that i like wanted to know more about um like i wanted to know i think i guess i just wanted to know more about i guess what happened after like you get kind of like that scene where they move into the house afterwards but you don't really get like a I don't know. You don't really get like a resolve. I guess you do. Cause like, they move into the house together. They have their happily ever after, but it's like, okay, how do they get there? Like the flower shop got destroyed. Like what happened with that whole thing? There's just yeah, certain... how are they funding this. Yeah. There's just certain things that I'm just kind of like confused about, I guess. I just want to know more about specific things. And I'm, I don't feel like we get those answers in this film. So I think that's why I'm going to give it a seven, just because like the, the story, the story isn't fully original and there's things that I feel like they didn't, there's questions that are left to be answered. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as quality goes, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10, just because I feel like, as I discussed before, I think 
the the quality of this film alone is really good. I think the songs are really good. Um, the acting for the most part is pr- really good. I think <laughs> I think there are scenes where Steve Martin goes a little too off the walls crazy. I think that's his character though, so I I I accept it. Like I don't it doesn't take me out of it. But there were some scenes where I was just like, okay, this is kind of borderline like hokey and cheesy and not in a good way. Well, well that's how I felt about the um, Bill Murray scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't. It, Steve Martin can go as zany as he likes, and I still find it hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but personally, um, the the Bill Murray scene, I was like, I don't need this. I don't need right. Bill Murray ad libbing and being. Personally, I I know that a lot of people love Bill Murray, but personally, I find him a bit weird and creepy. See, and I there's, do too. I've I've never really... something about him. I've never been a huge off. Bill Murray fan either. So you're not alone with that. Like I, I think he. There's something about him that kind of annoys me. Like he's I just... mean, I, I like Ghostbusters and you know stuff he's been in. Um, he's great in some of the Wes Anderson things. Yeah. Uh, but then you watch like, have you seen Scrooged? No. It's don't. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a just lot of people it. have. Yeah, a lot of people love it though. And a lot of people say a lot of people love Bill Murray, but a lot of people love Scrooged. But I really don't. I just find it. I don't know, a bit odd. It's kind of like, um, for me, Bill Murray is like that awkward drunk uncle at a wedding. Yeah, the one that no one wants there. <laughs> yeah, and he's just telling like kind of really inappropriate jokes and just being really sort of leering and misogynistic. And yeah, I just, I, I, I'm uncomfortable around Bill Murray. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm yeah, just, there's there's something like weird about him, and I I can't place it. But yeah, I I totally feel you. I totally feel you on that. Like I've never been a huge Bill Murray fan either. I don't hate him, but like I said, it's just not somebody that I'm like oh super gung ho about. So um, yeah, so no, I don't hate the guy. I, I've he's been in some stuff I think is great, but the like fucking the love and admiration for Bill Murray, I don't quite get. Uh, I know yeah. that like one of his biggest films is Groundhog Day, uh, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, <laughs> and uh, I've tried to watch it, I think twice, and given up halfway through because I was just like, I don't like this. Yeah, you're like, I'm not a fan of what I'm watching. I I didn't I didn't really like Groundhog Day either, so no, wasn't a fan. And, no, I don't even know how it ends, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I can go my whole life without ever having to watch that movie again. You're like mm, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 anyway, yeah. we sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're good. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do find some of the acting choices in this film a little bit hokey, but I mean, at the same time, it doesn't take me out of it because I understand that this is kind of a musical, and it's more of kind of yeah. like a film that's made for the stage a little bit. So, so stay, there's a huge difference between stage acting and movie acting. Like stage acting is way more expressive and dramatic and like not as reeled in as like normal mo- film acting, for example. Yeah. Um, so I get it. it's more theatrical, more, you know, out there. And so I get that with this film because it's a musical, obviously. But I think the set design is amazing. Like you said, it doesn't, obviously, you know, when you're watching it, that it's not a real, <laughs> you're, they're not yeah. really shooting on <laughs> a real location, but it doesn't take you out of it because it, it looks good enough that it doesn't, you know, take you out of the moment. I think the plant looks fucking amazing. I think the design of the plant is really cool. I think, um, like I said, the musical numbers are really great in this. So yeah, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. It's almost a, it's almost a perfect film to me 
like quality wise, just because I, I love the cinematography. I love the lighting. So yeah, nine mm-hmm. out of 10 for me for quality. The only thing that kind of nice. takes the point away is a little bit of the hokey acting here and there, but yeah. <laughs> I feel so. like I, I'm not massively into musicals, but if you are into musicals, you'll love this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally get why people have <laughs> a lot of time for this film. Yes. Uh, so what is your favorite scene from this film, Finn? It's got to be the dentist musical number. <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious thinking about it. It is. Obviously, we, we can't really do it justice just talking about it. But you can go on YouTube and just type in Little Shop of Horrors, the dentist, and watch that whole musical number. And <sighs> I find Steve Martin so funny. His just his face is hilarious yeah like he, he's his, very expressive it's insane yeah his little jive and his like fucking hips swaggering around <laughs> and the fact that he's got this jet black fucking hairpiece on um, which looks ridiculous on him it's just and like i said the whole thing of him being this badass biker and all of his levers and then he gets the work and he's actually a dentist which is traditionally a really nerdy occupation (laughs) i just found it so funny and he's just a fucking psychopath basically (laughs) yeah he's completely fucking nuts yeah like he's mental (laughs) yeah i'm I'm gonna i'm I'm probably just gonna save time and say yeah that's my favorite scene as well i yeah i fucking love that scene i went back and watched it again because i loved it so much because i was laughing through the entire thing like just the whole him walking into the dentist's office and punching his fucking assistant. I was dying. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because obviously you couldn't make this film. Well, uh, this film is being remade. It's in pre-production at the moment. But um, I, I'd imagine in the new version, that won't be. And he won't have somebody punching a woman on screen. Um, but it was all done for, I guess, yeah, it was done for comedic effect. and fucking hell it worked like yeah you get that he's like i'm a badass but also i'm a dentist so by the way fuck you woman and just punches <laughs> a woman in the face you're like what the hell oh it's great i fucking love it yeah that's my favorite scene uh what's your least favorite scene finn um when i was watching it it was the suddenly seymour number mm-hmm. but that got stuck in my head and yeah. so now I kind of like it. Um, I guess if I had to pick, it would be um, Audrey's kind of uh, fantasy dream number. Just the thing where, like like I said, her ultimate dream is to eat shitty TV dinners. Um, I didn't, I can't even remember what that song sounded like. Uh, but that just, I thought she was just like, really? This is your fantasy? Eating fucking tinfoil chicken? <laughs> All right, All right. So some yeah, high right. goals there, sweetheart. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd ha- I think I'd probably have to say my least favorite scene. Oh, gosh. That's hard because I don't really have a lot of least favorite. I guess I would have to go with the Bill Murray scene just because I'm with you on that. I don't think that scene needed to be in there i think honestly they just kind of threw that scene in there for the sake of like oh we need bill murray in this movie let's throw bill murray in here and then we'll you know i, I mean, think it would have been better if they got jack nicholson back to reprise his role from the I, 60 version i agree because I, I i don't want to say that this this scene wasn't needed because obviously it's in the original because that 
that's the character that Jack Nicholson plays. But I kind of mm. wish we would have gotten that little uh, cameo slash homage to the original with Jack Nicholson in it because that was his first role. So I think, I think if I had to like change that scene, it would be Jack Nicholson instead of Bill Murray, just because I feel like it'd be better. So yeah, definitely. And like, if you watch the, I'm pretty sure we have to watch the original 1960 version. If you're a big fan of this 80s version, it is worth checking out. Otherwise, yeah. it's just kind of a yeah it's an all right film but the scene with jack nicholson is brilliant and he's brilliant in that scene and it's weird because you're seeing jack nicholson in black and white with a full head of hair uh he's so young in it but he's brilliant even then he was like he just gives a really kind of maniacal like mad performance yeah and he and he did so (laughs) yeah that's crazy um but yeah, I'd have to say that was probably my least favorite scene just because I think the addition with Bill Murray wasn't needed. Like I said, I just think it would have been cooler if they would have brought Jack Nicholson back to reprise that role again. I think that would have been really fun um, and a nice little nice little shout out to the original. Um, so, but yeah, uh, with uh, the IMDb rating from what I can see on here, this is the next thing I wanted to get to. 7.1. 7. So yeah, 7. Well, on uh, IMDb, it says 7. I think it's just a solid 7. Yeah. I, yeah that's, I, I'd agree with that, definitely. You don't think it should be any higher or lower than that? Uh, I mean, personally, the thing is, when I watched this film, I was like, that was quite good, but the more I think about it, the more I actually like it. Yeah. So I'd go maybe like a 7.5, maybe 8, but the, yeah. I agree. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but uh, without further ado, would you like to get into some Little Shop of Horrors trivia? Yes, please. All right. So there's 10 questions, and they're all multiple choice. So um, let's test your knowledge and how much you remember about this movie so <laughs> oh shit i have only seen it once by the way i'll i'll, t- I'll take it i'll try to take it easy on you don't worry finn okay. <laughs> no pressure buddy you're fine um so question number one seymour and his colleague audrey work at a a jewelry store b amusement park or c flower shop flower shop correct all right, question number two. The two live in a rundown neighborhood called A, Skid Row, B, The Slums, or C, Beverly Valley? Skid Row. Beverly <laughs> <Correct>. Valley? <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the fucking <laughs> questions came from. <laughs> All right, question number three. The flower shop's owner, Mr. Mushnick, wants to close the shop down, but Audrey suggests displaying Seymour's unusual plant called A, Dino, B, Ra- Oh. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Jumped ahead a little bit there, but that's okay. <laughs> Correct. Um, all right. Question number four. Audrey, two, needs what to survive? A, the love of a virgin, B, human blood, or C, child's hair? <laughs> these questions, these answers, the fuck? A child's hair? What? There's the love of a virgin. <laughs> It's blood, but <laughs> I would love if that was the answer, though. If that was actually the answer, I would love that. That'd be a really different film. <sighs> you said human blood, right? That was your answer. Yes, blood. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. All right. So question number five, Audrey's violent and sadistic boyfriend, Oren is a what? A dentist, B farmer or C ballerina. I am a dentist. <laughs> Correct. All right. Question number six. You're doing great so far, yeah. by the way, Finn, you've got every answer right so far. Um, question number six. How does Oren die? A. Seymour pushes him into uh, pushes him into Audrey 2's mouth. B. Seymour feeds his body to Audrey 2. Or C. Seymour allows him to choke. Uh, he chokes on his own weird gas mask thing. Yeah. All right. So question number seven. Mushnik offers to help help Seymour escape from police in exchange for a his promise that he won't kill another person again b audrey 2 in the routine on how to care for the plant or c a source to continue to feed audrey 2 uh it's b because he doesn't know that audrey 2 feeds on humans am i right i think it's b it says it's c a source uh, to continue to feed audrey 2 so okay yeah i'll take the hit <laughs> um all right, so question number eight. <clears throat> An exec from a botanical company offers Seymour A, money to destroy uh, Audrey 2, B, a house in exchange for feeding his own wife to Audrey 2, or C, a contract to breed Audrey 2 and sell her offspring? C. That is correct. And actually, you know what? You were right on the question number seven, too. It is um, B. So... I don't know why this person hmm. doesn't know how to do a quiz. <laughs> like I said, I, I literally got this quiz online. So um, I'm, I'm just going off what the answers tell me and they're telling me that. And, but I'm like sitting here, like I just watched this movie and this isn't right. So I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Question number nine. So Seymour, Seymour discovers Audrey two is actually, a, an alien, B, just a figment of his imagination, or C, his ex-mother-in-law reincarnated? <laughs> um, it's an alien. <laughs> Correct. I love that. Oh, God. <clears throat> All right. So question number 10, final question. So how does Seymour destroy Audrey 2? A, he gives her rat poisoning. B, he makes her eat herself. Or C, he electrocutes her. Uh, C, the electrocutor. Correct. You got 10 out of 10, dude. Good job. What's the prize? Um, my praise. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, at some point, I would like to uh, start giving out like little prizes to people that, you know, do really well on the quizzes, but I'm not at that point yet. So for right now, just just my praise. <laughs> Right. But I'm I'm sure you'll be back right. on again in the future. So thank you for participating in the trivia round. I hope you had a good time. Thank you to me for winning. Of course. And I hope you had a really good time recording this episode too, because I had a blast. I had so much fun. I, I did. Thank you for having me. This was, okay. uh, was good. It was good. <laughs> good. Um, do you want to uh, plug in your podcast again one more time for the listeners before we head out? Uh, one more time, it's called Movies to Drink To, and it's on, I haven't got the thing in front of me now, but, uh, <laughs> it's on Spotify and Apple and all the places that you find them, and it's about horror films, sci-fi films, action films, uh, genre, B-movie, crap, 
And if you like the idea of three angry men taking the piss out of films, you should definitely listen to it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> nice job. Like even, even even good films, for some reason, we've uh, managed to find a way to take the piss out of films that we love. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I, I had so much fun with you, Finn. I want to have you on again in the future, so. Yeah, we should uh, do Repo, I guess. Oh, yes. That would be fun. I would be so down to do that. So put re- we can put Repo up against, like, uh, what's that other horror? A Rocky Horror. That might be interesting. I've never seen that. Really? What? Yeah, I know. Everyone says that. Like, what? Really? No, I've never <laughs> seen it. You haven't lived until you watch Rocky Horror. You got to watch yeah, Rocky Horror. I literally get told that every time I say, I've never seen it. Um, you are so, dead right yeah. now until you watch Rocky Horror. You are dead inside. <laughs> Just kidding. They used to have, uh, like, when the musical used to, like, come to town, the Rocky Horror, and my mom used to go, mm-hmm. and they would all dress up in all It's the- a big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, still never seen it. Oh, well, you got to watch it sometime. It, it, you'll, you won't be you won't be disappointed, that's for sure. So, but I uh, do hate the time warp, though. Do you the song or the the song? God, it's so annoying. <laughs> it does repeat itself a lot. It does get kind of annoying, and it, it has a way of getting stuck in your head where you're like, "Oh God, get out of my head!" <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, you can find me at the We Love Horror Podcast on Instagram. Uh, I do have a Twitter, but I never use it. So (laughs) yeah, I'm so bad about it. I started a Twitter back when we started this whole podcasting thing. And uh, uh, my old co-host was supposed to be running the Twitter while I ran the Instagram. And uh, yeah, that didn't happen. So (laughs) we have a we do have a Twitter that we don't post anything that I don't post anything to. So uh, yeah, you can find me on there. Um, You can find me on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you stream your podcasts. Uh, Please, if you will, leave me a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts as well. And uh, also leave movies to drink to a five star review and rating on Apple Podcasts as well, because we won't accept anything less. Exactly. You (laughs) get those one star reviews the fuck out of here. We don't need them. Right, right, yeah. Got that, yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys are fucking fantastic. You, I really appreciate you coming on, Finn. Um, and then, oh, also, I really wanted to uh, plug in my other podcast that I just recently started with my good friend Josh from the Horror Movie Crew podcast. It's called Another Ooh. Horror Pod. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh came up that's with a the great name. title. <laughs> yep, yep. Josh came up with the name, and I was like, "That's fucking genius." I love it because he's like, I just feel like as soon as people. Uh, find out that you and I are doing a podcast together, they're going to roll their eyes and they're going to be like, oh, another horror pod. And I was like, that is perfect. So <laughs> that, yeah, that's the name. Um, you can find us on anywhere you stream your podcast as well. Um, we just released two episodes. So one was the introduction episode where me and Josh kind of just talk about ourselves uh, where we, uh, you know, a little bit about ourselves. And then the second episode, we did the Saw franchise. So we ranked all the Saw films. So if you guys want to go check that podcast out, please do. I'm just, I'm really, I'm really glad that you came on here to talk to me today and uh, really excited to have you on again in the future. So thank you, buddy. Uh, My pleasure. And thank you for having me. Of course. Um, So do you want to sign off with me? 
how do I do that? You, uh, if, if you heard our podcast, the, it's atrocious the way we end episodes. It's just like, um, yeah, uh, bleh, fuck off. And then okay, we're going to go by. Piss off. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> well, I'll just usually say... It, oh, usually, do it ends with the, usually it ends with the kind of, oh, and by the way, uh, like and rate and review and subscribe, and then we all kind of run out of energy because we're not really those kind of self-promotional people <laughs> and then it just kind of divers into uh, and that's it that's it, just, fizz- it just fizzles out <laughs> you're just like i right, literally ended the episode by shouting fuck off before because <laughs> i got annoyed with myself trying to promote myself I'm, fuck off and that was it and then the uh, music plays but anyway yeah let's do it i love that <laughs> All right. Well, um, I hope you guys are having a good weekend uh, wherever you are. And uh, thank you again for tuning into the We Love Horror podcast. Um, Really appreciate everybody's love and support. Um, Again, Finn, thank you. And I appreciate you as well. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. And fuck off.